breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty in studio with Stephen Wagesback, candidate for governor. Stephen, we got we've got some exciting things happening in North Louisiana, specifically in our area. Um, the Amazon plant still on track, as far as we know. Aaron and I took a tour. They're planning on opening. Uh, we've got development going on now at the at the uh, former GM plant. We've got a lot of exciting things happening, but it seems like. North Louisiana just gets forgotten about when when it comes to allocation of funds statewide. And I understand the pop there's a heavy population mm-hmm. in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, but there is more of the state north of I-10. And are would you concentrate on helping North Louisiana get a fair share when we look at the uh, the LSU health system? I mean there's a lot of issues that we seem to get short shrifted on there's no doubt uh, it, it's 100 right and look you hear it every time i'm up here and, and as you all know look this is not my first time on this show i've been up here a ton over the last several mm-hmm. years because in my previous job i was in my car up here a good bit because it is an area of the state that doesn't get the attention it deserves and look let's be honest the race for governor every governor candidate is from that southern part of the state and so you need to take a good look at which candidates are spending a lot of time up here and which have spent a lot of time up here before the election and look i've been up here a ton over the last several years getting to know this region. The truth is there's tremendous potential in this opportunity. And the good news is what this area needs for economic development it's similar to the rest of the state. You know, we talked earlier a little bit about kind of preparing people uh, in the high school. We kind of brushed into that. I got to tell you, it's the most important issue facing every area of this state. Um, if you think about it, Kids are not prepared to go to work. We've been kind of talking about a little bit in the commercial side. Too many kids are not prepared. We call it soft skills. The truth of the day, no one's taught manners anymore. Mentors are not in a lot of households these days. Kids go into school and they come out unprepared for jobs, unprepared to know what hard work is. If we can fix that, we can go recruit around the nation and bring industry and jobs here. Yeah, the Amazon facility is really cool. But the truth is, if you want more manufacturing here, you have to go and tell a company, if we can just not not only provide you good land and good tax structure, we can also provide you people that will show up for work, not quit after three weeks, want to work more than three shifts a week, show up drug-free. And I think we can do that if we do a better job of performing how our high schools prepare I think Shreveport could be... We could be another Dallas. 100%. We're not capitalizing. I mean, geographically, look at what we have as an advantage. Uh, I twenty going east west from from Dallas. You got and great Point infrastructure west. corridors. It, you, we, we got we the are, port it's prime for warehousing and distribution center. Prime for it because what what you hear if you talk to site selectors, they'll look at states around the country and they say if you give us a facility, a, a land that's affordable that has a workforce around it, and that's near infrastructure. Maybe it's rail, maybe it's road, maybe it's river, and you get within five miles we of, got that, all of that, you got all of it. So you've got basically the three-legged stool sitting here ready to be I utilized, agree. and you've got land if we can fix that people spot. Then you can go ahead and recruit those, you know, and you need that big anchor tenant. 
Amazon is one example. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you get the big anchor tenant, and that's where the support services come in. If you go to the successful areas of the South, let's say the Research Triangle in North Carolina, people always talk about, oh, that's a higher ed story. That's not the higher ed story up there. The, the, the success of the Research triangle, triangle is the industry that has gone in there and built headquarters that hire people coming out of those schools. If you get those anchor tenants, that's where the ripple effect of everything else that happens. And, and look, you've got great potential here, not just what you mentioned, but also things like Cyber Command. you mm-hmm. got you got a medical school up here. you got a great health investment up here. Um, you've got a lot of potential. And all of a sudden, if you get a president in D.C. who actually likes American energy again, if we can shift that back to pro-American energy, think about what this Haynesville area can do and really just boom on, on investment opportunities. So there's tremendous potential here with the right governor, a change in D.C., and, and, a, and a focused approach on preparing kids for success, no matter whether they're ready for college or career, doesn't matter. If we really can make our high schools launch pads for every kid, I think the first state to figure that out is the next state to start dominating the American economy. Stephen, the Revenue Estimating Conference came out recently with some new projections. Um, Two billion is the number I saw over the over the. They're tripping over cash in the state capital yes. these days. Why aren't we among the best? Our budget's gone from $29 billion when this governor started to $45 billion. Why aren't we among the best? We, we, I'm, I'm mystified by that. It drives me crazy. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. We've got it, Aaron. Yesterday, um, when I was leaving the station, I was listening to uh, the Dan Bongino show. Mm-hmm. He had a guest host. I didn't recognize the voice. I missed. I, I missed mm-hmm. the guy's name. He went several segments on this target. Um. I don't know how would you how how you would even describe this marketing that they're uh, they're now apparently pulling back on. Oh, are they? Well, okay. that's that's one of the latest reports that I saw this morning. Um, if if you're unfamiliar, Target has you know next month is Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's celebrating Pride. Mm-hmm. Um. Target has. Did do you know what tuck friendly swimwear and clothing? Do you, have you ever heard of tuck friendly before? No. Apparently, tuck. yeah. Tuck friendly swimsuits. Um, you, a, a man can wear this, and they have yoga pants and swimsuits, and you tuck your gotcha man. Mm-hmm. Parts away somewhere, mm-hmm. so it doesn't look like you look like a Ken doll, I guess. Okay, and and they have a whole section of these tuck friendly, designed for comfort and confidence. Mm. I don't have a problem with people wearing if they want to wear that. That wear I don't don't I don't care. <laughs> I don't I don't even think that I, I'm so. Why are these issues so all in our face now, though? But that's my that's my. Thank you. Why, why do I have to celebrate your your sexual proclivities? 
I don't know that they want us to celebrate it. They well, just then why, no, no. I do they want special sections in the stores and all that? Oh, I guess they, that's oh, what yeah. they're doing. I guess I don't. I don't know. I, for me, it's like in the in the grand scheme of the issues and things that matter to me in the day, it's mighty might not even be in the top one hundred. You know, seriously, for me, it's like it's not in the top one hundred. Here's the issue. But I I've see them jamming it in our face. I do. I do like. Please stop. Yeah. Here's the. I've talked before about in in 2023, but it's been coming for a long time. Good is bad, and bad is good. If I were just to describe um, someone full of love, caring. And forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Who would that? Who would come to mind? Love, caring, and Love, forgiveness. Caring would be Jesus. Jesus, of course. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. But no, those are attributes that are now being uh, described to Satan. Who's Satan. doing that? The designer that Target has hired. No. For this, oh, oh yes. No, you're wrong. You cannot be Eric telling the Carnell. truth. Carnell, look up Eric Carnell. Aaron, I, I, I can't believe we're even talking about this. Satan represents passion, pride, and liberty, and loves all G L G B T Q plus people. That's a quote from Eric Carnell. Mm-hmm. Eric works for this uh, the, this company, uh, this diner company, Ab Prolin. Ab Prolin, have you are you familiar with no, them? No, d- no. They sell merchandise. Um, first of all, I've, I've never heard this word heteronormativity. Heteronormativity. <laughs> I have to it's break a new that word. Down I a need bit. to know. I need to know this now. Heteronormativity is okay. a plague. It's a plague. What is? Am I heteronormative? People in a normal marital relationship with with a man and a woman is a plague. A plague. There's a website you can go see this stuff. There's these little merchandise, these pins. Burn down the system, and system is spelled C I S. Mm. Apparently, that's a bad word. Cis, and it's a little Zippo lighter. Does he really have a T-shirt that says Satan respects pronouns? He has. He says Satanists don't actually. I'm quoting here. Let me quote this because I, I'm. I, you think I'm making this up? Satanists don't actually believe in Satan. He's merely used as a symbol of. First of all, Satan's already won. If he's got you thinking he's not real, mm-hmm. he's already won. Yeah. He's merely used as a symbol of passion, pride, and liberty. He wants you to know what you mean to him. So for me, Satan is hope, compassion, equality, and love. Satan is hope and love. Satan is hope, compassion, equality, and love. Now wait, is Target backing off of this? So naturally, I'm still quoting, Satan represents, he respects pronouns. He loves all LGBT plus people. I love pronouns. Okay, if you want to have your name as a pronoun, go ahead. Okay, you can, but I'm not going to, I'm not... Even Fox News calls Dylan but Mulvaney I'm not make, she. I'm, I'm not, not gonna, saying I'm that. not going to make that mandated in the classrooms in front of all, you know. I'm, right. I'm, 
Oh, I'll respect you if you want to be called they. I'll call you they. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not I, going to. I know. I know. But Satan, to make everybody do it, to force everybody to do it, it's just not what peop, everyone but, believes but in. Aaron, I, I'm, I'm reading this absurdity, and this is what Target yes. is promoting. Target. Aren't they backing off of it now, a smidge? Well, they're they're now looking at it, going uh, maybe maybe we 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 need to pull back on this a little bit now that uh. now that this the designer they found out what a what a outspoken Satanist this guy is, and out promoting mm. Satan loves you and respects who you are. Our friend Chris Redford. I don't I know if you know Chris Redford. I do. I, I worked with Chris, Chris at Channel yeah. 3. Chris used to work at Channel 3. Yeah. Chris Redford is a well-known conservative gay man. And he posted on... I laughed out loud. He posted on his Facebook yesterday. He said... And I'm, I'm going to misquote him, I know. He said, Target's too gay. And I'm gay. <laughs> Or something like that. And I thought, oh, man. The, when you have gay men saying, that's too much, you've gone too far. You've gone too far. And I, I, haven't, I haven't paid attention to it. This is the first time I'm hearing about it, except when I saw Chris's little mention. I went, God but bless. If you, if, you, if you don't realize that this is a spiritual battle now mm-hmm. yeah. for our country, I mean, how much more blatant can it be? Right. Satan is love and mm-hmm. respect. And oh, yeah, let's not worry Satan. about it. Yeah. Anyway. It I, drives I just, me crazy was, how much I, time we spend on this. It was, drives me crazy. I was blown away when I was, when I, I, know. Was, I, I just, I, Aaron, not, forget your grandparents. Yeah. What about your parents? Can you imagine them? We're talking about this. Anyway, I, know, I, I, know. I just. I know. We, we've got a lot going on this morning, including Mayor Tom Arsenault with the uh, city council's vote to repeal the smoking ban in the local casinos. We'll talk with him at 640. Mike and McCarty, 1017 F. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike M. McCarty. Busy, busy day today. Uh, Tom Marchinot, Mayor, going to join us coming up just after the local ne- our next break. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have Chris Lyon, uh, an activist in town, talking about the uh, city council's decision to repeal the smoking ban in local casinos. And uh, also, uh, uh, Senator Bill Cassidy going to be joining us later this morning. Never Girl. know. Never know who will pop up. Girl, you've been busy. Well, it, yeah, it's been a busy day, and uh, city council was a not as long as I expected, to be honest. So it's it's interesting. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. That with, everybody got three minutes. Yep. Um, but it didn't take as long. No, a few dozen people spoke, and it, there were some on both sides from the casino industry. There were a lot of folks that spoke from you know wanting to stop the smoking uh, or keep the ban in place. So we'll. It's now kind of in the mayor's court. Now I was hoping they would do the right thing. But I didn't expect them to. Yeah, and now... I was not surprised when I saw your report yesterday mm-hmm. afternoon come out. What's the mayor going to do now? That's the big question, and we'll ask it next. next. Mm-hmm.
1017 FM 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault. Mayor, good morning. Thanks for joining us in this early hour. Good morning. Had a busy day yesterday. I have to put you on the payroll soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on the payroll. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> well, the the vote, the count, city council passed the uh, resolution to repeal the smoking ban in the local casinos. But they only passed it with four votes. And this gives you the option to veto. How are you going to handle this? I'm going to search my conscience and the data to make a decision. Okay, I'm going to ask you straight up. The data can be twisted however you look at it. Are you going to go straight to the Gaming Control Board chairman and talk to him and say, look, I really want to know, has this impacted the boats in Shreveport? And and disregard what you've heard from all the different sides, everybody that presented their data. Will you go and get independent data? Is that your goal? Well, I'm intending to get independent data to and to build a timeline to see, uh, to see where it goes. Um, I think there are a lot of different factors in the decline, um, and I'm, I'm a little uh, unclear why there hasn't been a a push to uh, to encourage non-smokers to uh, to come to the Shreveport side. As I appreciate it, more than half of the people who patronize the casinos uh, are non-smokers, and it would seem to me that appealing to them to be able to engage in gaming in a non-smoking environment would be a positive thing. But I haven't seen any emphasis on that by either of the casinos on the Shreveport side. There's another thing that popped up when they passed this, and you you may or may have not been familiar, um, that it takes typically about three years for the after a smoking ban is put in place for the casino numbers to bounce back. We haven't let that happen. Is that an option if you were to veto it to say, look, I want to let this go its three years and see. And so I'm vetoing it now, but I'm willing to revisit it once the three-year mark comes. Is that something that might be a fair compromise that you would look at? Uh, I'm going to be looking at all sides of the issue uh, because I, I clearly have... Now, this is a decision that has now come to me, and uh, it has come to me with a uh, non-veto-proof vote, um, and I have to consider what the right thing to do is here. And so I'm looking at a variety of options. Mayor Tom Arsenault, how long do you have to make your decision before it goes into effect? When do you have to decide one way or another? I looked at the charter yesterday while the while the vote was going on because there was a council member absent and I was trying to clarify. I I believe that I have seven days from the time that the council transmits the legislation to me, which usually happens within a couple of days. You indicated to us a couple of days ago and prior to that that you had not heard from the casinos. Uh, have you now? Do you anticipate reaching out to them or them reaching out to you? Uh, I don't anticipate. I, I do anticipate they will reach out to me. Uh, they have not reached out to me uh, as of as of now. The only time I've heard from the casinos was their presentations yesterday. 
I'm assuming you're a non-smoker, Mayor. Is that going to, I mean, as a non-smoker myself, I would think that would influence your decision. And when you heard the employees that came to the meeting, the ones that did uh, present their case, was, was you know, is that going to be a factor in your decision, the, the, the health and benefit of those employees? It absolutely will. And I am a non-smoker. I saw you intently looking at the, the, the elderly woman who was on oxygen, um, who said she, she worked at one of the casinos in Shreveport, and now she's on permanent oxygen. I mean, you... And you, she's never smoked. And I believe she said she never smoked. Can That's hard to look at somebody like that and say, man, did, did our decisions cause this woman, you know, the end of her life, essentially? Uh, she made a very compelling witness. Okay. Mayor, do okay. you see something? Okay, if, since this has been repealed, do you see now uh, bar owners and restaurant owners now coming forth and saying, "Look, we we want to allow smoking in our business as well." Um, I think that argument's a little bit different. <clears throat> I, I I don't I don't see that domino effect occurring, uh, regardless of what my decision is. Uh, that 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 playing field is level between the two markets uh it is the casino uh it is the casino playing field that is perceived as not level there's a lot of of concern too about and i heard this from a few people that oh we might lose these casinos they might shut their doors do you think that's going a little too far i mean those licenses are hugely valuable yeah, the licenses are very, very valuable. Uh, I think given the trends, it, uh, whether that's attributable to the smoking ban or not, I do think that uh, it, it appears to me that Samstown is struggling. Uh, and it appears to me that because it's struggling, Samstown may not be willing to make much of an investment in it. I also heard the Bally's folks say that uh, investing in the local casinos is going to be tough with the new competition coming on board in Bossier City. Is that something you have to weigh as well? I have to weigh that. I I I, I thought that first of all, I think Bally's has made some investment, uh, so they have kind of put their money where their mouth is. They they are new entry into the market, so I think they are. They have demonstrated their ability. Uh, and their willingness to make investments, uh, to make investments, I think that's less true for the other casino. Okay, let, let let me let you have a convo with Tommy Chandler right now. Would you urge Mayor Tommy Chandler and the Bossier City Council to adopt a smoking ban for their casinos to put all the casinos on a level playing field? Wouldn't that be the key answer here? Well, it would. I I usually leave. Uh, Mayor Chandler to govern his own uh, to to deal with his own <laughs> deal with his own issues and uh, and I, I thought that was the weakest part of the other's argument saying for in some way that that Shreveport ought to intervene in Bozier's internal politics and mm-hmm. uh, I, <clears throat> I I would not much appreciate that if they tried it here and um, and so I don't anticipate. Uh, doing that, but I, I do think that is a fair argument that the advocates have not protested. They haven't. They haven't invested the kind of activity that they have invested in Shreveport and Bossier, from my experience and memory. Now, maybe they did, and I'm just not aware of it. And one last thing with regard to that, 
Why not a statewide casino smoking ban? Would that be the next step? Get the legislature to enact it. Therefore, it's out of your hands. I, I think that is probably the most effective thing to do. Um, and because then everybody in the state is on a, is on a level playing field. I do not know, uh, how that impacts, uh, the South Louisiana markets that have competition from Mississippi, uh, and whether the same arguments might be made there. But I think having a statewide rule would be, would be very helpful. And I think there's a statewide concern about it, uh, because, because of the health of the, casino workers is it time for smoking to be outlawed indoors anyway is it is it is it time for that well it's pretty much outlawed just about I every place it, indoors. yeah anyway. i thought it was that's what already. i mean, I mean yeah. this is the last hurdle um you know 20 years from now are we going to be saying i can't believe we really let people smoke in casinos you know uh i think there's there's a good chance of that um you know uh, i'm uh, we're trying to figure out which is the right side of history to be on, and uh, I think that's the decision that I have to make in the next seven to ten days. And will you reach out to Dr. Jackson to find out how he would vote on an override before you make a determination? He wasn't there at the meeting yesterday. He could be the fifth vote to override your veto. Is that part of this puzzle? It might be part of the puzzle. But uh, I think it's up to him to express what his opinion is since he was apparently unable to be there yesterday. Mayor Tom Arsenault, thank you for your time, sir. You bet. Mm -hmm. Thanks for calling. Thank you, Mayor. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty. <laughs> I look. I, I've got, I've got to address this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Our our our, our bumper music. Mm-hmm. We get. I don't understand. We ha- we had to go with some kind of some generic bumper music. Mm-hmm. We got tagged by uh, ASCAP BMI on on some, and I don't understand. We're not allowed to play a certain, certain music that we don't have. We don't pay music licensing because we're not a music station. So Keel doesn't pay music licensing. And so if we run uh, a piece of... Okay, if so we run a, a news pe- talk station. Right. If we run a piece of bumper music that is too long, they can then go but back that, and say, hey, we're going to charge you for that. I've also heard that's a misnomer. You, mm-hmm. we've, we've always heard you can play like up to seven seconds of right. something and not be charged. Mm, it's not true anymore. No, I don't longer. think that's even true. No, it uh, used to be up, if it was under 60 seconds, it was okay. So Not even true. But so, we've had somebody complain, you know, we've had people complain. It was the Liz, it was, yeah, it was the Lizzo songs that we got in trouble for, I think. <laughs> Lizzo wants her money, <laughs> you know. And look, I understand that. I understand. Yeah. You know, as a content creator. Mm-hmm. And there's a thing on the internet now. You know, like you could have Google alerts for your name. You know, if your name is, is in any article, you get a Google alert about oh, it. Okay. Well, there's apparently now the same sort of thing for music, where if this uh, piece of your music wow. shows up anywhere, you get an alert. Yeah. And so you get an alert if a piece of your music is anywhere on the internet. And so that's what's happened now. That's what's changed in the business, I believe. And so, you know, they get we get flagged and we got, we got our hands slapped. We had to go to timeout.
So, yeah. And I, and but I blamed I do it want... on him and he blamed it on me. We're good. <laughs> but it's not my fault. It's all his but, fault. It's like people say, well, he came in and changed the bumper. No, I didn't. No, it's not his fault. <laughs> I wish we had some other. I know. I but know. But anyway, I just had to, I just, that's just kind of been bothering mm-hmm. me. Uh, Chris Lyon is going to join us after the local news talking about the casino smoking ban uh, with Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM, 710 Keel and the... One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty and in studio with this Chris Lyon. Chris, how do I build you a, a political activist? Uh, what do I, what? You know, I call myself a community advocate. Community so. advocate. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's what I'll say. Uh, I, Chris is in to, to discuss the uh, council's latest move to repeal the smoking ban you, for the I local think, casinos. I think you had the best argument on the anti-smoking side yesterday when you stood up and it hit me right between the eyes. You went. I can't believe I'm talking to Democrats about workers' rights. Yeah. And 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 the Democrats on this panel are are for biz, big business. It was like it was kind of twisted. Yeah. We were certainly in the upside down or bizarro land or whatever you want to call it, but you know, uh I'm 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 fully happy to be wrong. I'm certainly a, a liberal person uh, by nature, a registered Democrat, but uh happy to work with people who have common sense in their brains on any issue. And man, Jim and Grayson uh, were just stellar on this issue, mm-hmm. and uh, was super happy to have their support on on uh, keeping the smoking ban in place. And boy, was I ever disappointed to see uh, the Democratic side of the aisle all line up behind this idea that uh, workers don't deserve a clean working environment, a safe and healthy work environment. Why did that happen? It, it, go ahead. Don't mince yeah. words today. It's no, over. Sure. I mean, you know, there's, there's, I'll, I'll say there is still work to do, and, and there's, we can certainly talk about that. But um, at the end of the day, it's really hard to ignore the connection between Tabitha Taylor and the casinos. Uh, her long career uh, working with them, uh, the donations to her uh, nonprofit, uh, and the, redistricting of district a to take just the casinos out of downtown to gerrymander the casinos right into her district with no other interest in downtown whatsoever uh and then to do this as the first major piece of legislation not crime not poverty not anything else jobs yeah Mm -hmm. and it's you know and it may be hiding behind this jobs quote unquote right right uh issue and and look i'm not dismissing the the challenges that exist um, in an economy that is struggling with inflation uh, and all sorts of other things because those are real issues. Um, but for this to be the first thing, you know, in combination with all those other points that I've just made, raises multiple red flags. And we should all be concerned about the priorities that our government officials, are, uh, our elected officials are taking uh, or putting up. And at the same time, we are... Uh, facing all these other really serious challenges. What about but three the, other yeah. council members sided with her? Well, and, James and a Green, fourth who wasn't there has right. stated that he is on that side as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and 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 you know, James James and Tabitha have always voted together. Um, there's a a pretty clear um, you know line, and and you know they they certainly vote as a as a block 
right? A lot oftentimes, and of course, you know, J- she attends James Church, and um, you know, James has hosted the nonprofit events that that have been funded by the casinos at his church and things like that. Um, but the other connections that are happening, I don't know what they are. I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> you know, um, or, you know, James Bowman, who you know, Ursula having that connection there um, kind of waffled last time we had this. You know, I remember... Jerry. Very, Jerry, sorry, yeah. Jerry Bowman mm-hmm. um, uh, said, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the votes he said, oh, I'm going to regret this and voted to allow the ban to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't a total surprise. Um, I, I, I think that people can be independent of their partners, but um, it wasn't a total surprise that she voted in that direction yesterday but gary brooks is the one that blows my mind mm-hmm. you know and i understand that he's a bar owner and and maybe he's used to the smoking in the work environment and what and was sees, in it for him i just i don't know and i'm i you know got to work with him a little bit during the campaign i voted for him in district b as a district b resident and um was super sad that um after all the things that were put forward um the numbers seem to be the thing that he cared about when it comes to the revenue and uh, which I understand, but like he basically flat out told me that he didn't think that the numbers that I was putting forward or the other people that were putting forward were the correct ones, I, I despite had, them being from the yeah. state. You know, I had somebody that that is a uh, pretty up at, at uh, one of the other casinos in Bozier, and I'll tell you what they told me, and and I, and this may be to the root of this. They said we're getting more of the high rollers now. Um, because the high rollers want to smoke. They want to sure. smoke their cigar. They want to smoke whatever they smoke. Um, and that now the other boats in Bozier are getting the high rollers. Um, is that part of this that we're really not talking about? You know, uh, it, it may the well be. people that fly in on their choppers, yeah. you know, all that. Well, I mean, I think that the problem is, is that the casinos have not opened up about why they're, you know, the specifics. They say revenue. You know, but we look at attendance, and attendance is down on both sides of the river. You know, horseshoes down 17% year over year, having lost $10 million this year. They have smoking there. So what's going on? Mm-hmm. And so the the really, for me, this kind of sharing of the numbers that I've done on this show, online, and in the city council mem- uh, meetings was really to spur a conversation. You know, at the end of the day, the casinos haven't shown up for this conversation until yesterday. And they just sort of splat, spat platitudes about revenue this, revenue that. Well, if you're asking us to, to make a change to public health, I'm not asking you to open up your books, but give us something. You know, tell us the reason. Because there was a lot of conversation about compromise yesterday. Well, you know, maybe the compromise is um, adding high roller rooms to the, the exemption and not the rest of the casino floors mm-hmm. and letting the slots be on the patio or whatever it is. Uh, I, you know, that's not what I would – want necessarily I, I think that all workers regardless of what room they're working on should should have clean air but if we're going to really talk about compromise let's get to the root of the issue and let's have a real conversation but we didn't get to have that but i and i want to go back to the the big big number gamblers mm-hmm. when they say 75 percent of the patrons don't smoke right well obviously that 25 percent is is spending more money than the seventy five, if that makes sense. Well, we don't know because they haven't they haven't shared that information. That's right. an assumption. 
we get general, we get you know, top level numbers that get reported to the state, both attendance and, and revenue. It's well, gross that, revenue. But I'm saying that's why the so. casinos are capitulating and, mm-hmm. and pushing for this because that smaller percentage of the attendance numbers are spending a higher percentage of the money at the casinos. So that's what they're listening to. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we... we and we that's can, what it's going to boil down to. Yeah. Follow the money. We can we can guess, you know, but what should have happened is the casinos should have come forward to the public and said, this is the problem we're having. Let's find a reasonable compromise. A reasonable compromise is not opening up 75% of the floors to smoking again. I agree. When you have 75% of the people that go to casinos not being smokers and a number of those 25% that are smokers still preferring a non-smoking environment. And so if it really is the high rollers, then let's bring that conversation to bear. And and really, that's what I would love to see the mayor veto this. And let's come back and say, we're going to have a, an honest conversation, understanding there are industry secrets and, and everybody wants to keep their numbers close to the chest. But let's have a real conversation and not a let's do this in backroom deals. Let's stack the deck. Let's, you know, do all these things behind closed doors. Let's have a real open conversation with the public and let's find a, a real compromise if that's if that's what they want to do. Can you stay with us? Yes. Okay, cool. We've got to take a break. Mike and McCarty in studio with Chris Lyon, 1017. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with... Uh, uh, what did you say? Community, Community advocate. Advocate. Okay. Community advocate Chris mm-hmm. Lyon with Micah McCarty. You know, I've, 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 uh, you know, activist sounds too uh, too crazy to me. Too, in yeah. your face, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, are, there are many wonderful advocate uh, uh, activists, but uh, advocate, I think. Is uh, the mayor talked to us earlier, and and you know, he is weighing all of his options with regard to whether or not he vetoes this. Mm. Um, if Mayor Arsenault is listening to you right now, what what ye say to him? Gosh, a few things. Um, first, I really enjoyed listening to him in the in the previous segments um, because it felt like he was really weighing it out in his mind, right? I mean, after yesterday's, uh, you know, group of speakers, it, it would be really hard for someone who who uh, doesn't have a, a personal stake in the um, in the outcome of the of the uh, decision to to look at those folks and say gosh, you guys don't matter like some of the council members did when they were looking at their phones and not paying attention, which is the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen in council before. But for Tom, I, I would say, you know, send it back to the council and let every, everybody get on record. You know, Dr. Jackson wasn't there yesterday. Um, you know, I understand that he, he may be uh, someone who would still vote to keep the smoking or, you know, to keep the repeal the ban or, you know, however it is. He's for the smoking in casinos is what I understand. Um, but make him get on the record. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, um, you know, to encourage the casinos to come to the table and say, share with us for real this time. Like, let's let's have a conversation about what a real compromise looks like, given the, the claims that are being made. Um, whether that be uh, in, in public or with a, a group of people in a work session or something like that. And I, and I say not just the council members, but the people who are advocating for safe work environments to be in that room. 
Um, but send it back to council. Make why, everybody get on the record. Why not, Chris Lyon, why not just let the legislature take care of this? Implement snow smoking in, in any indoor workplace in Louisiana. Bing, bang, done. It's over. Well, I think that... Not going to happen. Look, I think that the challenge is, is mm. you know, I think that there's not the political will to do that at the state level. I would love to be wrong on that. Um, I would love to think that the the state who's, who's embraced the kind of right to life um, uh, ideology would see that as, a, as something for everyone um, and not just for those who, who aren't born yet. But I think that the, the challenge is like that um, if you pass it at the state level, you're going to have the same arguments as you're having here. You've got casinos in mississippi you've got texas still considering bringing uh you know gambling into their state um you've got oklahoma right around the corner uh all it is is the same argument that happens at the state level and at the end of the day we're responsible for what happens in our city in our community mm -hmm. and i understand the wanting to bring you know bozier into the fold and i hope that they do and i would love to spend more time working over there i'm, I'm a shreveport citizen though so that's mm -hmm. you know it's hard for me to go over there and have the same uh you know stakes in things but uh it's a it's incumbent upon us to choose what's right for us you know and that's going to be the same here as it is at the state as it as it is at the national level and we have to look and say, do we want to be the place that sets the example? Do we want to be the place that protects its workers um, and finds new and innovative ways to bring business, to uh, grow our economy that doesn't sacrifice the health of workers at the same time? Chris, if and I'm, I'm going to go here. So if we have to edit it out of the network feed, we'll edit it out. If there is a council member who has taken money for a charitable organization for a business he or she may own um, from the casinos. Is that immoral, illegal, unethical, possibly all of the above? Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of the above. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, again, we talked at the beginning of our time together today about the, the multitude of connections that Tabitha has to the casino industry. Um, and at the very least... What it means is that you don't be the one to introduce the legislation, you don't co-sponsor it, and, and, and ideally, you wash your hands of it and you say, I'm not going to vote on this because I have the appearance of a conflict of interest. And that's what the State Ethics Board, the appearance is Well, especially is after to draw what you just mentioned earlier. Uh, her history with the casinos. That's right. Uh, redistricting her district to include the casinos. That's right. And then now she's going to, you know, do this. And should should an ethics complaint be filed? Would yes. you would you would you do it yourself? Sure. And are you thinking about it? Yeah. I mean, I was hoping that the the vote would go a different way. You know, um, but I would I would love to see that happen. And I've never actually I I, I sent something once. I don't know what happened about it, uh, not for this, but for something else many years ago. But um, I would love to do that because mm -hmm. it deserves scrutiny. Um, and if there's nothing, is there no there there, then so be it. Um, but there's too many connections for it to be ignored. Last thing, and I know we're running short on time. Yep. Is the casino kind of a big bad wolf too in providing the funding with the anticipation that you're going to do what we want you to do? I can't speak to their motivations, but it, you know, again, the, as the as the police say, the totality of circumstances 
is such that uh, and again these donations didn't stop when she got into office right um but these contributions again the nonprofit may be a wonderful nonprofit that does amazing things mm-hmm. i don't want to take away from that but there's a responsibility that elected officials have to reject things that would put their integrity on the line and this is one of those times that uh, I think it deserves more scrutiny. And, you know, I can't say whether someone expected one thing or another, but the totality of circumstances say to me that there is some uh, scratching of backs going on, and I would love to see that addressed at the state level. Chris Lyon, thanks for your time. Thank you. Megan McCarty. What- One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. By the way, yesterday we had a poll on keelnews.com uh, for the state fair in Louisiana. We had a big discussion about uh, security mm-hmm. at the fair when uh, Chris Giordano has retired mm-hmm. and, and the new director comes in. That needs to be his first priority. Yes. I said that's the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. People do not feel safe and you had a poll on keelnews.com what will it take for you to attend the state fair is it better security new location lower prices more entertainment or something else and uh, better security is leading that pack 40 percent new location 34 percent that's a tough one that'd yeah. be a tough one to find a whole new location for a state fair so i can't think of anything off top of my head that mm-hmm. would have the not only the facilities, but just the room right. needed. I, yeah, I don't know where you could move it to, but, you know, it, it, you want to take the poll, you can do it now, keelnews.com. Senator Bill Cassidy joining us just after the break. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Senator Bill Cassidy joining us this morning. Senator, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. Hey, good to be with you guys. Uh, uh, wonderful to talk. I, I've got a question. Uh, let's talk about first Social Security. Um, you you've got efforts to save Social Security. How much danger is Social Security in at the moment? I'm smiling. I'll tell you why I'm smiling in a second. First, not because Social Security is in great shape, it's in terrible shape. Um, um, in eight or nine years, it goes insolvent, at which point people who are currently receiving Social Security will get a 24% cut. Almost a quarter of what they're getting. You say you're getting 1000 bucks a month. You'll get 750 a month. Okay, so the Social Security Trust Fund goes insolvent. What does that mean? It means that right now, for many years, people, uh, they paid more into the fund than was going out. Right. But about, I don't know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, that started to change. And there was less money going in than going out. So the bank account began to deplete. So think of the trust fund as a bank account. And the trust fund's been living, living beyond its means, which means you're slowly taking down your surplus until you get to nothing. And it's about to get to nothing. Now, you can say eight to nine years, no big deal. If we wait to fix it, if we wait to fix it, then it's harder. It costs more. You got to borrow. You, know, you can't borrow more. By law, you can't borrow more. You got to raise taxes more. You got to cut benefits more. 
if you fix it now, you ease it. How do you I'm fix it, Senator? Time. How do you fix it? Let me say this, Aaron. Last time I was with you guys in the studio, we talked about this, and Aaron McCarty said, well, I'm okay. I'll be on it, and I won't be touched. And I said, no, you will be. Even if you're on it, you get the cut. And ever since, when I've been on a national interview, I said, you know, I run a radio program in Shreveport, Louisiana. And the woman said, <laughs> she's okay because she won't be touched because she'll already be on it. And I said, no. I told Aaron she's going to get a 24% cut even oh, if you're already on she it. She doesn't like that. Uh, the way, you, uh, Well, they kind of like the fact I put a little local flavor on it. So it's nice quoting somebody from Shreveport. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But tell us why you're smiling. And then. how do you fix it? Yeah. Are you going to well, raise the age? It? You're going to raise the age? You're going to, I mean, what's the what's the plan? We got a big idea. The big idea is you create a fund separate from Social Security. You put $1.5 trillion into it, and you invest it in the, in the nation's economy, and you let it grow. Uh, now, you eliminate the 24% cut. And offset, you got to borrow a little money till the money finishes growing. But because it's in this account held by the federal government, it offsets the borrowing. And then at the end of 60 to 75 years, you got so much money in there, you take care of 75% of the debt. Oh, but, 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 our, our, but our Democratic friends would rate it. So you got, oh, isn't that interesting? We've polled this. Aaron, we've polled this, and we find... That, that the one of the major concerns Americans have about this is that they don't trust Congress. Mm-hmm. Oh, can you imagine that? I don't trust it either. So you put in all kinds of safeguards that keep a Congress, a future Congress, from messing with it. Uh, there's an arm's length and an arm's length for the arm's length to keep Congress from messing with the fund. Uh, they're not the ones doing the, invest, the investment. You got, you got a separate kind of, okay, we're going to put this out to bid and let a big pension fund manager do it. Um, and you require that the only thing they have to focus on is getting maximal return for the investment in order to pay these future benefits as opposed to doing ESG or something like that. So, so we put those kind of safeguards in there to keep that from happening. Can we shift gears? Uh, I'm not sure why you did it. You went on CNN and said Trump can't win a general election. A, what the heck are you doing on CNN? <laughs> and, and B, did you really mean that? Is that true? Well, a couple things. Trump went on CNN. And so, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I'm messing I mean, I with guess, you. So Trump goes on, I guess I can go on. Yeah. Um, but you so, said it was, so, well, it was a matter of be- mathematics. Yeah, well, we got to beat Joe Biden. We got to beat Joe Biden. Now, we've got to be honest about it. We've got to accept the world as the world is and not as we wish it to be. Uh, uh, for a Republican to win the presidency, the Republicans got to win uh, three out of the following five, five states. I may have it a little bit off, but you'll get the point. Uh, it has to be Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Wisconsin, and Arizona. Now, the, the candidates that President Trump endorsed in four of those five states last Senate campaign lost. Other Republicans won. In fact, Republicans that President Trump opposed in Georgia won big time. But the candidates that he endorsed all lost. And Republicans who normally vote Republican did not vote for those candidates. 
So there's a group of Republicans that will not vote for the former president. Would you vote for him? If he's the Republican nominee, would you vote for him? I've, I've, I've said that I would not. You would not? No. So who do you think the Republican nominee would be that would beat Biden and beat the left? Any other any other Republican. <laughs> Anybody you think but DeSantis? Trump? Because there's five to ten percent of Republicans. Oh no, your phone. We've is... lost him. Social Security oh, got your gosh. phone. Social Security got your phone. Yeah, there you are. You back. You hear me now? There you go. There you, there go. you go. Okay. So there's 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 in those four or five states. There are folks that will not vote, and that and you've got to win four of those five states or three of those five states. Um, and I, we can pretend that it's not true, but it's true. I mean, we've just gone through an election, and we saw that to be the case. And folks will be mad at me. I say you should be mad that we can't beat Joe Biden. If our goal is to beat Joe Biden, we've got to be very analytical. And we've got to beat Joe Biden. Did we have a fair and equitable election? You know, however you want to look at it, uh, you may say, oh, well, I don't like the results, and so therefore somebody must have cheated. But um, there are other Republicans that won in Georgia, for example, or in Arizona, or in Nevada, and they did very well. So maybe they're just selective cheating. Okay, this is the Senate candidate, so we're going after him. But the governor, we're not going to go after, and the secretary of state, we're not going to go after. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. Mm. But you know, it doesn't matter. We got to beat Joe Biden, and we've got to have the candidate who's able to do that. The debt ceiling, uh, real so- quick, in our last minute or so, mm-hmm. they're still negotiating. It looks like the June first deadline. Uh, the the Earth's going to fall off its axis, I guess. Um, how close are we to getting a deal on the debt ceiling, and what's a, um, a, a deal breaker for you? So first, there's no June 1st deadline. Um, you know, when she said the 1st of June, she really meant the first two weeks of June. She didn't mean the first day of June. She meant the first two weeks of June. Mm-hmm. And so Secretary Yellen. And so as it turns out, as it, as it turns out, we actually have enough money to go past January, June 1st. Um, um, Dishonesty is kind of part of this administration. Uh, so um, where are we going with this? Uh, I think there'll be a deal. Uh, I think that we won't run. We're not going to run out of money. We're going to pay our debts. It's going to work out. And I think there may be some permitting reform, which we absolutely need. We need to decrease the spending. We need to pull back some of the unsp- unspent COVID money. Uh, some combination of that, the White House is going to have to give in order to get a deal. I'm supporting Kevin McCarthy. I think he's been doing a good job. Senator Bill Cassidy, thanks for your time, sir. Thank you. One oh one. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. Can I slip out? Can I go ahead? Can I go? <laughs> no, not yet. My bag is packed. <laughs> You're headed for Dallas. Today. Yeah. Oh man, we're gonna have, we're gonna have a mic free couple of days. Wow. <laughs> 
And there are those who are rejoicing at that thought. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We'll do some. We'll do what some do you craziness. Have coming in, by the way. Um, you know, I hadn't even thought about it yet. To be honest, oh, I'll, really? I'll work on it. I thought about that this morning. I'll, I'll, I'll work on it today. I have an idea. I'm not going to say it on the air, but I, yeah, I have a couple of ideas, so I'm working on it. But oh, okay. No, actually, I haven't done a thing about it yet, but <laughs> it'll come together. Well, my, uh, mo- I've said before, my daughter is leaving for South Africa, uh, adopting a little boy. Mm-hmm. So I've been spoiled. She's 30 years old. Yeah, don't say oh my age, gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause that's which is bizarre because I'm only 38. I know. I don't. You were. So baby, I don't know yeah. how that happened. I don't either. Um, but she is. Uh, so I've been spoiled. Mm-hmm. I go over for the weekend, you know, Y'all sometimes. Chill, yeah. and, and we have just the best time together mm-hmm. i just i love being with her and, and my son's in hawaii he's coming home this summer oh cool he gave For notice good? yes nice so we're excited um but i won't have i won't have that one-on-one time anymore with your daughter with michael because roman she'll have roman her new baby so mm-hmm. we're going over i'm going over this weekend your last like father daughter it's our last one-on-one oh, wow. father daughter weekend we there's we've had more fun just doing you know going to museums mm-hmm. um in dallas <laughs> here and there was a moment and we're I'm, I'm running out of time but um one of the museums had these magnifying glasses mm-hmm. and i didn't i wasn't expecting it and right. one of the there was an asian girl with this magnifying glass, and it just caught me as funny. So we just have a great time together. It just, it was so much fun. Yeah. Well, like, you're going to have a good, you're going to have a good We're time. We're going to have a great, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the weekend. Plus, yeah. she's an amazing cook. That's great. Tom Arsenault, the mayor, will he veto the smoking measure? We will have that conversation, replaying that coming up at about 8.10. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault. Mayor, good morning. Thanks for joining us in this early hour. Good morning. Had a busy day yesterday. I have to put you on the payroll soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm on the payroll. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> well, the the vote the count city council passed the uh, resolution to repeal the smoking ban in the local casinos. But they only passed it with four votes. And this gives you the option to veto. How are you going to handle this? I'm going to search my conscience and the data to make a decision. Okay, I'm going to ask you straight up. The data can be twisted however you look at it. Are you going to go straight to the gaming control board chairman and talk to him and say, look, I really want to know, has this impacted the boats in Shreveport? And and disregard what you've heard from all the different sides, everybody that presented their data. Will you go and get independent data? Is that your goal? Well, I'm intending to get independent data to and to build a timeline to see, uh, to see where it goes. Um, I think there are a lot of different factors in the decline, um, and I'm, I'm a little uh, unclear why there hasn't been a a push to 
uh, to encourage non-smokers to uh, to come to the Shreveport side, as I appreciate it more than half of the people who patronize the casinos uh, are non-smokers, and it would seem to me that appealing to them to be able to engage in gaming in a non-smoking environment would be a positive thing. But I haven't seen any emphasis on that by either of the casinos on the Shreveport side. There's another thing that popped up when they passed this, and you you may or may have not been familiar, um, that it takes typically about three years for the after a smoking ban is put in place for the casino numbers to bounce back. We haven't let that happen. Is that an option if you were to veto it to say, look, I want to let this go its three years and see. And so I'm vetoing it now, but I'm willing to revisit it once the three-year mark comes. Is that something that might be a fair compromise that you would look at? I'm going to be looking at all sides of the issue um, because I, I clearly have now, this is a decision that has now come to me, and uh, it has come to me with a uh, non-veto-proof vote, um, and I have to consider what the right thing to do is here. And so I'm looking at a variety of options. Mayor Tom Arsenault, how long do you have to make your decision before it goes into effect? When do you have to decide one way or another? I, I looked at the charter yesterday while the while the vote was going on because there was a council member absent and I was trying to clarify. I I believe that I have seven days from the time that the council transmits the legislation to me, which usually happens within a couple of days. You indicated to us a couple of days ago and prior to that that you had not heard from the casinos. Uh, have you now? Do you anticipate reaching out to them or them reaching out to you? Uh, I don't into, I, I do anticipate they will reach out to me. Uh, they have not reached out to me uh, as of as of now. The only time I've heard from the casinos was their presentations yesterday. I'm assuming you're a non-smoker, Mayor. Is that going to? I mean. As a non-smoker myself, I would think that would influence your decision. And when you heard the employees that came to the meeting, the ones that did uh, present their case, was was you know is that going to be a factor in your decision? The 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 health and benefit of those employees. It absolutely will, and I am a non-smoker. I saw you intently looking at the the, the elderly woman who was on oxygen. Um, who said she she worked at one of the casinos in Shreveport, and now she's on permanent oxygen. I mean, you and you, she's never smoked. And I believe she said she never smoked. Can that's hard to look at somebody like that and say, man, did did our decisions cause this woman, you know, the end of her life essentially? Uh, she made a very compelling witness. Okay, Mayor, do okay. you see something? Okay, if, since this has been repealed, do you see now uh, bar owners and restaurant owners now coming forth and saying, "Look, we we want to allow smoking in our business as well." Um, I think that argument's a little bit different. <clears throat> I, I I don't I don't see that domino effect occurring, uh, regardless of what my decision is. Uh, that 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 playing field is level between the two markets. Uh, it is the casino 
uh, it is the casino playing field that is perceived as not level. There's a lot of of concern, too, about, and I heard this from a few people, that, oh, we might lose these casinos. They might shut their doors. Do you think that's going a little too far? I mean, those licenses are hugely valuable. Yeah, the licenses are very, very valuable. Uh, I think given the trends, it, uh, whether that's attributable to the smoking ban or not, I do think that uh, it, it appears to me that Samstown is struggling, uh, and it appears to me that because it's struggling, Samstown may not be willing to make much of an investment in it. I also heard the Bally's folks say that uh, investing in the local casinos is going to be tough. With the new competition coming on board in Bossier City, is that something you have to weigh as well? I have to weigh that. I, 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 I thought that First of all, I think Bally's has made some investment, uh, so they have kind of put their money where their mouth is. They they are new entry into the market, so I think they are they have demonstrated their ability uh, and their willingness to make investments uh, to make investments. I think that's less true for the other casino. Okay, let let, let me let you have a convo with Tommy Chandler right now. <laughs> Would you urge Mayor Tommy Chandler and the Bossier City Council? to adopt a smoking ban for their casinos, to put all the casinos on a level playing field. Wouldn't that be the key answer here? Well, it would. I, I usually leave uh, Mayor Chandler to govern his own, uh, to, to deal with his own, <laughs> deal with his own issues. And, uh, and I, I thought that was the weakest part of the other's argument, saying for in some way that, that Shreveport ought to intervene in Bozier's internal politics. And, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would not much appreciate that if they tried it here, and um, and so I don't anticipate uh, doing that. But I, I do think that is a fair argument that the advocates have not protested. They haven't they haven't invested the kind of activity that they have invested in Shreveport and Bossier, from my experience and memory. Now maybe they did, and I'm just not aware of it. And one last thing with regard to that: why not a statewide? casino smoking ban would that be the next step get the legislature to enact it there therefore it's out of your hands i i think that is probably the most effective thing to do um and because then everybody in the state is on a is on a level playing field i do not know uh how that impacts uh the south louisiana markets that have competition from mississippi uh, and whether the same arguments might be made there, but I think having a statewide rule would be would be very helpful. And I think there's a statewide concern about it uh, because because of the health of the casino workers. Is it time for smoking to be outlawed indoors anyway? Is it is it is it time for that? Well, it's pretty much outlawed just about I every place it, indoors. Yeah, anyway. I thought it was. That's already. what I mean. I mean yeah. This is the last hurdle. Um, you know, 20 years from now, are we going to be saying, I can't believe we really let people smoke in casinos? You know? Uh, I think there's there's a good chance of that. Um, you know, uh, I'm uh, we're trying to figure out which is the right side of history to be on. And uh, I think that's the decision that I have to make in the next seven to ten days. And will you reach out to Dr. Jackson to find out how he would vote on an override before you make a determination? He wasn't there at the meeting yesterday. He could be the fifth vote to override your veto. Is that part of this puzzle? 
it might be part of the puzzle, but uh, I think it's up to him to express what his opinion is since he was apparently unable to be there yesterday. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. You've got some. You've got an issue going on. Over well, there. it happens every day. I don't. I just don't bring it up to y'all every day. But it. I have a problem. A little bit of a problem. And I don't like doing what I just did. But I did it because Ruben made me. <laughs> um, I have when I get on Facebook in the morning, and I typically don't use Facebook Messenger very much. Rarely do I right. use it. Same here. Every now and then if I want to send somebody. That's not the way to get me. <laughs> yeah, if I want to send a message to somebody that I know I don't have their number, maybe I'll use it. But every day I get in there, and, I, and if I look at it and I see, oh, there's a new message, let me look. And every day I get a message like this. Hey, how are you? <laughs> and it's always men. Oh, and gosh. it's typically men I don't know. Okay, this, I'm going to read this to you because this guy went a little too far this time. And I'm like, this is a little bit much. So, And you don't reply. You don't no, respond. No, I, I know. I, I never reply. Right. I always ignore him. Now, I don't even know if I can still see him now. Yeah, I can still see him. Okay, so, wait, maybe I can't because maybe I, Ruben made me do what I did. But anyway, <laughs> so I get a message, you know, a couple months ago from somebody that I guess I just accepted their friend request. Hey, how are you? Don't answer, don't answer. Another message a month or so later. How are you today? I used to be from your area. Now I live in blah, blah. Don't answer. Now this one, another one. I got another message from him. Hey, I just moved to Prairieville in Louisiana. I was just checking to see how you're doing. I don't know this man from Adam. (laughs) Today, Mr. Hostility decides he's going to message me again and he says, can you please tell me why you're not answering me? Ooh, pushy. <laughs> really? <laughs> a, I don't, a, a pushy stalker. I don't even know the man. Okay, so here's the thing. These, these people are scammers. And okay. you're not you're not gonna like what what I'm gonna have to so say. So it's next. not a sexual. <laughs> they thing? don't want all this. <laughs> you're not you're not gonna like what I have to say now. <laughs> oh lord. These these particular scammers uh, target women of a certain age who don't have married on their profile. Oh, I need to put married on my profile. If you put married on your profile, <gasps> it's done. They'll probably disappear. Really? Yep. Genius, yep. Ruben. How about genius. in a relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something That'll work like too. That. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's all I need to change. Yeah, yeah. They they think you're a they think you're a single lady of a certain age and are looking. And they can scam me. And they and they're trying to. It's like, oh, if you give me you know some credit card information, I can get some money and come to you. <laughs> Do you I look I mean? like I'd fall for that, Ruben? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the sad thing um, at is least he didn't say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the sad thing is apparently. People do. Oh, people do. People fall for that crap. I got a call from my elderly mother one day who called me and she said, I just got a call from your son. Um, You know, she named him, obviously. It's her grandson. She said, I just got a call from Jim Bob who said he needed me to send him money. He was in jail. This is another one. Yeah. This is another scam. I said, Jim Bob, who's not the name of my child, but Jim Bob's not in jail. Jim Bob's fine. He's, you know, at a military base, wherever he's supposed to be. But I'll double check just in case. Don't send any. So so they prey on 
Well, people. and now, Aaron, with AI, and they can recreate someone's voice. Yes. And they can call and go, hey, this is Jim Bob. I really need your help. Yes, and Grandma. It's their voice. Right. We're legitimately in danger of that. I mean, we have a podcast up every every day, and they have a, more than enough of, oh, yeah. of our voice samples to, to make us say anything. So Ruben made me block this dude. Yeah. I literally, oh, I didn't I, know how to absolutely. do it. I yeah. hate, I, I, I feel bad. I just blocked someone. I feel bad. <laughs> I shouldn't feel bad. He's no. a scammer. I get yes. these 24-year-old Asian women texting me all the time. Mm-hmm, yeah. Wanting to know if I want a, a husband, <laughs> a, a bride. How many of those pictures do you open? <laughs> All of them. I was going to say, not open yet. <laughs> Just kidding. Micah McCarty, 1017 F. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. We spoke with uh, Senator Bill Cassidy on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline about Social Security being dissolved. What? Find out what he has to. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Senator Bill Cassidy joining us this morning. Senator, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. Hey, good to be with you guys. Uh, uh, wonderful to talk. I, I've got a question. Uh, let's talk about first Social Security. Um, you you've got efforts to save social security. How much danger is social security in at the moment? I'm smiling. I'll tell you why I'm smiling in a second. First, not because social security is in great shape, it's in terrible shape. Um, um, in eight or nine years, it goes insolvent, at which point people who are currently receiving social security will get a 24% cut. Almost a quarter of what they're getting. You say you're getting a thousand bucks a month, you'll get seven hundred and fifty a month. Okay, I'm so smiling. the Social Security Trust Fund goes insolvent. What does that mean? It means that right now, for many years, people uh, they paid more into the fund than was going out. Right. But about I don't know, thirty years ago, twenty years ago, that started to change, and there was less money going in than going out. So the bank account began to deplete. So think of the trust fund as a bank account. And the trust fund's been living, living beyond its means, which means you're slowly taking down your surplus until you get to nothing. And it's about to get to nothing. Now, you can say eight to nine years, no big deal. If we wait to fix it, if we wait to fix it, then it's harder. It costs more. You got to borrow. You, know, you can't borrow more. By law, you can't borrow more. You got to raise taxes more. You got to cut benefits more. If you fix it now... How do you fix it, Senator? How do you fix it? Let me say this, Aaron. Last time I was with you guys in the studio, we talked about this, and Aaron McCarty said, well, I'm okay. I'll be on it, and I won't be touched. And I said, no, you will be. Even if you're on it, you get the cut. And ever since, when I've been on a national interview, I said, you know, I run a radio program in Shreveport, Louisiana. And the woman said, (laughs) she's okay because she won't be touched. Because she'll already be on it. And I said, no. I told Aaron she's going to get a 24% cut even oh. if you're already on she it. She doesn't like that. Uh, the way you, uh, Well, 
they kind of like the fact that I put a little local flavor on it. So it's nice quoting somebody from Shreveport. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But tell us why you're smiling. And then. how do you fix it? Yeah. Are you going to well, raise the age? Thinking? You're going to raise the age? You're going to, I mean, what's the, what's the plan? We got a big idea. The big idea is you create a fund separate from Social Security. You put $1.5 trillion into it, and you invest it in the, in the nation's economy, and you let it grow. Uh, now, you eliminate the 24% cut, and you offset. you got to borrow a little money till the money finishes growing. But because it's in this account held by the federal government, it offsets the borrowing. And then at the end of 60 to 75 years, you got so much money in there. You take care of seventy five percent of the debt. Oh, but 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 our but, but our Democratic friends would rate it. So you got oh, isn't that interesting? We've polled this, Aaron. We polled this, and we find that that the one of the major concerns Americans have about this is that they don't trust Congress. Mm-hmm. Oh, can you imagine that? I don't trust it either. So you put in all kinds of safeguards that keep a Congress, a future Congress, from messing with it. Uh, there's an arm's length and an arm's length for the arm's length to keep Congress from messing with the fund. Uh, they're not the ones doing the, invest- the investment. You got, you got a separate kind of, okay, we're going to put this out to bid and let a big pension fund manager do it. Um, and you require that the only thing they have to focus on is getting maximal return for the investment in order to pay these future benefits as opposed to doing ESG or something like that. So, so we put those kind of safeguards in there to keep that from happening. Can we shift gears? Uh, I'm not sure why you did it. You went on CNN and said Trump can't win a general election. A, what the heck are you doing on CNN? <laughs> and, and B, did you really mean that? Is that true? Well, a couple things. Trump went on CNN. And so, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I'm messing I mean, with guess- you. So Trump goes on, I guess I can go on. Yeah. Um, but you so, said it was so, well, it was a matter of be- mathematics. Yeah, well, we got to beat Joe Biden. we got to beat Joe Biden. Now, we got to be honest about it. we got to accept the world as the world is and not as we wish it to be. Uh, uh, for a Republican to win the presidency, the Republicans got to win uh, three out of the following Five, five states. I may have it a little bit off, but you'll get the point. Uh, it has to be Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Wisconsin, and Arizona. Now, the, the candidates that President Trump endorsed in four of those five states last Senate campaign lost. Other Republicans won. In fact, Republicans that President Trump opposed in Georgia won big time. But the candidates that he endorsed all lost. And Republicans who normally vote Republican did not vote for those candidates. So there's a group of Republicans that will not vote for the former president. Would you vote for him? If he's the Republican nominee, would you vote for him? I've I've, I've said that I would not. You would not? No. So who do you think the Republican nominee would be that would beat Biden and beat the left? Any other, any other Republican. <laughs> Anybody you think but DeSantis? Trump? Because there's five to ten percent of Republicans. Oh no, your phone. We've is... lost him. Social Security oh, got gosh. your phone. Social Security got your phone. You're, there you are. You're back. You hear me now? There you go. There you there go. You go. Okay. So there's there's 
there's in those four or five states, there are folks that will not vote. And that's, and you've got to win four of those five states or three of those five states. Um, and I, we can pretend that it's not true, but it's true. We've just gone through an election, and we saw that to be the case. And folks will be mad at me. I say you should be mad that we can't beat Joe Biden. If our goal is to beat Joe Biden, we've got to be very analytical, and we've got to beat Joe Biden. Did we have a fair and equitable election? You know, however you want to look at it, uh, you may say, oh, well, I don't like the results, and so therefore somebody must have cheated. But... Um, there are other Republicans that won in Georgia, for example, or in Arizona, or in Nevada, and they did very well. So maybe they're just selective cheating. Okay, this is the Senate candidate, so we're going after him. But the governor, we're not going to go after, and the Secretary of State, we're not going to go after. Um, but that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But you know, it doesn't matter. We got to beat Joe Biden. And we've got to have the candidate who's able to do that. The debt ceiling, uh, real quick, in our last minute or so, they're still negotiating. It looks like the June 1st deadline, uh, the, the earth's going to fall off its axis, I guess. Um, how close are we to getting a deal on the debt ceiling? And what's a, um, a, a deal breaker for you? So first, there's no June 1st deadline. Um, you know, when she said the 1st of June, she really meant the first two weeks of June. She didn't mean the first day of June. She meant the first two weeks of June. Mm-hmm. And so Secretary Yellen. And so as it turns out, as it, as it turns out, we actually have enough money to go past January, June 1st. Um, um, dishonesty is kind of part of this administration. Uh, so um, where are we going with this? Uh, I think there'll be a deal. Uh, I think that we won't run. We're not going to run out of money. We're going to pay our debt. It's going to work out. And I think there may be some permitting reform, which we absolutely need. We need to decrease the spending. We need to pull back some of the unspent COVID money. Uh, Some combination of that, the White House is going to have to give in order to get a deal. I'm supporting. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keo Mike and McCarty. This is my Friday. You're going to be gone for a couple of days. We're we're I'm so off excited. Monday, by the way, we're going to have a best of on Monday. But you're off uh, until it worked Tuesday. Out. I'm going to get almost a week off. That's so cool. You're going to go spend time with your daughter. Go go, go uh, heading over. My bag's already in my truck. Mm-hmm. I told my wife, I said, "Shoot, I'm halfway to Texas already." Yes. <laughs> Well hit the, the radio road. station where a hundred yards from the Texas border. Mm-hmm. Now she live. What side of Dallas is she on? Uh, n- near, actually, in Dallas proper. Okay, so yeah. you got to go. You, you know where go the into- Arboretum is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she lives near the Arboretum. Oh, there. nice. So she's got all yeah, kind of really stuff cool around her neighborhood. Oh, that's going to be a blast. Yeah. And no, t- y'all don't have anything planned. You're just going to kind of wing it. Just chill and. Do museums and do maybe go want. see her first when she was a, when she was little little mm-hmm. uh, the Little Mermaid came out and that was the first you know 
Disney film that she latched on to. She had Little Mermaid outfits, oh, and she loved man. The Little Mermaid. And uh, they've come out with a new live-action Little Mermaid. Oh, wow. You know, so we may go see that this weekend. Oh, that'll be fun. Um, I know To Kill a Mockingbird is in Dallas. Broadway production, yeah. Uh, not going to spend $500. I'm sorry. You might can sneak something on eBay and go. get you a ticket. You might. I don't know. You might look. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's uh, Who is it? John Boy's in it. Yeah, uh, Richard Thomas. Oh, that's his real name. I'm sorry. Yeah, Richard. Yeah, John Boy. He's going to forever be John Boy from the Waltons. Yeah. Good night, Mary Ellen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, we just it's we just have a great time together. Oh, we did we did blast. a we, we did a weekend one time. We did a Bonnie and Clyde weekend. We went to the cafe where Bonnie was a waitress oh, on wow. Swiss mm-hmm. in in Dallas. Uh, the Barrow family gas station was still standing. Very Still standing cool. from the 30s. Yeah. Uh, and in their grave site. Not that we're glorifying Bonnie and Clyde. At no, all. no, no. It was just fascinating to, it, it, to it go really into is. that. Yeah. And it, we went to the memorial where they actually shot two police officers. Wow. Killed two motorcycle officers. You know, they now rent the bank where they, the last bank they robbed. I saw that. You can Airbnb. Like in Kansas it. or something. Yeah. Something. yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's now an Airbnb and you can stay in the last bank Bonnie and Clyde <laughs> robbed. Let's go to our honeymoon there. That'll be a blast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hope you have a great time. Thank you. We're planning I'm, something. I'm excited. Plan, I'm planning something crazy for the next couple of days that I don't know what yet. So I'm working on it we'll have fun it's it never mind yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i uh yeah you guys will do great yeah you don't need me yes we do absolutely (laughs) painfully aware of that fact i hope y'all have fun thank you and and a great memorial day be back on tuesday yeah yeah wife's still here but she's going to africa with micah uh here at the first of june so that's why i'm going to spend this weekend with her. It's our last father-daughter weekend. Before she has becomes a mommy. Right. One-on-one, mm-hmm. I'll say. Yeah, exactly. So it's just a new chapter. Mm-hmm. You with, bet. With, uh, with, her new, with her new little son coming Have back. a great time. Thank you. 101.7 FM, 17.